we talk about the wake of the George Floyd tragedy, and God told us to talk to you today from the subject, Breathe on Me. How many of you out there want the Lord to breathe on you? I hope that's all of you out there Jesus. wanting the Lord to breathe on you. We know that a young black man being asphyxiated by police brutality in all is all the rage right now. For truly, his life did matter, and truly, black lives do matter. Uh, this man could not breathe while telling the police, I can't breathe. And like other black men before him, the police used deadly force. And after keeping the breath from his body with a knee on his neck for nearly nine minutes, he, uh, the, the police simply watched him lose consciousness and die. People of God out there, believers and non-believers alike, God wants us to breathe. I'm not talking about just the air expansion process where air is brought into the lungs from the environment around us, but, but uh, that, uh, that facilitates a, a gaseous exchange to remove carbon dioxide waste and bring in much needed oxygen. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that kind of breath that uh, humans need, and I'm not talking about that. We need that daily for our action, and the privilege of breathing should not have ever been taken from Mr. Floyd. But I'm, again, not talking about breathing that kind of breath this morning, but instead God wants us to talk to you about breathing with the fresh air of the Holy Ghost. Uh, in John 20, Jesus, our Savior, after being dead and resurrected from the grave, came and stood with his disciples. Pastor, I, he suddenly appeared in the room uh, while they were there with the doors shut. Can you imagine uh, someone or something coming through doors that are already shut? Uh, uh, I know that when they're shut tight, some of us may not be able to understand what's going on. But here comes the miraculous Jesus, miraculously appearing in the room. And this was even though the disciples were hiding from the Jewish leaders who wanted to kill him just because they had followed Jesus. Take note again that all of this happened after Jesus' death and resurrection. And in that room, I call it the power place, Jesus appeared to them there and he commissioned them to go forth to the world and tell the good news. And after sending them forth into the world to highlight the love of God who takes away the sins of the world, the word says in verse 22 that he breathed on them yeah, and yeah. said, receive the Holy Ghost. I said, he said, breathe on them. Yeah. And he yeah. breathed on them. Yeah. He breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And as I said before, God wants us, his disciples, his apostles, his bishops, his reverends, his prophets,
out there. He wants all his church folk, who include the, the saints and some of the angels. Somebody gonna get that one after a while. Uh, but but he, he's including everybody because, just, and let me say that just because you go to church don't mean you automatically make yourself a saint. Uh, I know that's a message for another day. And even though some of us are in church calling ourselves a saint, some of us just might be and ain't. You ain't close to devotion as a follower of the king. You ain't uh, uh, close to doing anything in church. And, and you might be connected, but you ain't involved in ministries that will bless somebody else. Just that ain't instead of a saint. Uh, okay, all right, all right. So all of God's children, all of his church folk and non-church folk alike, even non-believers, he wants you to take a huge breath, breathe in his spirit. I hope there are some witnesses out there. I hope there are some breathers out there. You're taking in his spirit. Not the asthmatic or the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, the COB, COPD type of breathing. Now, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about breathing in the breath of God. So just breathe. Just breathe. Breathe in his spirit of love. Breathe in his spirit of power. Breathe in his spirit of a sound mind. Not a crazy or an unstable mind, but breathe in a sound mind. Breathe in his spirit of forgiveness. Breathe in his spirit of goodness. And breathe in his spirit of mercy. Breathe. Just breathe. Jane Cleveland used to sing the song with Daryl Coley. We simply said, breathe on me, breathe on me. Mm -hmm. Let the breath of the Lord breathe on me. And in our situations, in our circumstances, we want the Lord to breathe. So breathe, Lord. Mm. When I can't seem to make it, breathe. When I don't understand God, breathe. When, when people mistreat me, breathe. When we need to forgive but not forget, we got to breathe. Whatever the reason is, Lord, please breathe. Breathe. Breathe on me. Uh, yesterday in our mother prayer call, I mentioned about how we are in perilous times in this world where people will hate you without a cause, where people will kill you when you're not even provoking them, when people will treat you any kind of way, uh, including literally kick a man when he's down or place a knee on his neck to kill him. And yesterday I also saw another story where a police in a certain town had already subdued another black man on the street. And again, after having him under control with his face down to the pavement, the officers kept beating him with their fists right in the face. They beat him. Lord, we need more of your spirit to breathe on us. Even in all this, I reiterate the points that I made yesterday in the prayer call. We've got to choose fear, choose faith over fear. For 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, My. but a power and of love and of sound mind. 
We need God to breathe on us. We got to choose faith over faults. For even in times like these when we can easily find fault and point fingers, Ephesians 4:26a says that we can be angry, but do not sin. Forget more, it means. It means, but but never forget. We got to learn some things from what we're forgiving for. Someone treats you wrong, as hard as it is, I hate to tell you, forgive them. For as Jesus said, they don't know what they do. I found it hard to forgive people at times, but I know that that is what I must do. They, those people don't know how much wrath of God mm-hmm. will be visited on them later and their families later. They just don't know. They don't know how much God will repay them for their dirty deeds done to unsuspecting believers and children of God. They may not even realize mm-hmm. it, but in Galatians 6 and 7b, uh-huh. it says that we will reap what we sow. Sow good seeds, and you will reap a goodness. Sow bad seeds, and watch bad things come back to you. And in the case of these officers in this incident, I saw yesterday, there might have been just cause for the arrest of him and his lady, uh, who was also arrested. Might be just cause. There might have been just cause to subdue him. Cause some of our brothers and sisters out there just can't seem to get themselves together. Amen, somebody. However, there is never, never any need for excessive force and excessive brutality. I hope some of our good cops out there, our good police, and some of our good uh, maybe not so good police out there are hearing me also. However, we are who our believers do as Ephesians 32 says. We've still got to be kind to one another. We've got to be tenderhearted. We've got to be forgiving to one another, even as God in Christ uh, forgave us. And then my third point from yesterday was choose faith over foolishness penned by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, for the message of the cross Mm -hmm. is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. Mm -hmm. But to those of us who are being saved, we know it to be the very power of God. Oh, I'm happy to know that we can choose faith over foolishness. Verse 19 reiterates this point. Because God says I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. In other words, people don't have enough brains to be smarter than my God. Even if they think they do. They ain't got enough brains. Now let me give you one more quick story about uh, just talking about the protests this week. That we were by and large looking at peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. There were those, though, in the political realm who seemed to be making a mockery of God's word. Uh, they seemed to be blaspheming against him. In other words, offering profane uh, 
talk about God either overly or covertly. And they seem to be headstrong. Because these are all things that are in the Bible that it says will happen in these last perilous times. And, they, and when they are headstrong, they are knowing everything. We saw that knowing everything and making photo ops suggesting that it's their way or the highway. And also they were seemingly being haughty, which means they were arrogantly superior and disdainful. And lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They were caring about themselves more than God or his people. Just know that even the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man could ever be. You see, God chooses the yeah. foolish things yeah. of the world yeah, he does. to put to shame the so-called wise. And he chooses the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are so-called mighty from those in the world. Our word to our listeners today is breathe. In the midnight hour, breathe. When you're angry, breathe. I, I know the incidents of this week make us all angry. Uh, they make us all anguished. They make us all anxious. And they also make us all astonished. But we got to breathe. We got to let the breath of the Lord breathe. Let the breath of the Lord breathe on you today. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father God, for the word this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And so as I stand here to take my place in this sermon, I do share in this theme that we have been talking about, Pastor Keith has been talking about, let the breath of the Lord breathe on you in this season. For it has been a season for many of us like none other. Just when we thought uh, the virus situation was under control and prayerfully moving out of here, something else comes our way that causes us to want the Spirit of the Lord to breathe on us yet again. I don't know if some of you may remember, but back in the day there was a song that used to be sung in church and and, 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 and it just kind of reminded me that even a long time ago, along this journey, we have always needed the breath of God yeah. to breathe on us. Because the words of the song simply said, let it breathe on me. Let it breathe on me. Let the breath of the Lord. Now breathe on me. Yes. Oh, that, that song was similar to the James Cleveland version, but the melody was just a little different. But the meaning was the same. Somebody today is crying out for God to breathe on them. Yes. Yes. You see, you see that as Jesus was nearing the end of his earthly ministry, 
and he came to address his disciples. Jesus was setting the stage for his followers. That's the one thing I have come to love about Jesus. He always sets the stage for what's about to come. But he was including Paul and Timothy, as you heard, as the writer of 2 Timothy, who is Paul in our Amplifying Scripture. He gives us some lessons on breathing in the Spirit. So this morning we say yet again, so breathe in the Spirit. You see, as Paul was writing to Timothy, Timothy was his protege. He was a young preacher. He was uh, 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 met, being mentored by Paul. Paul was shaping him and, and molding him because he wanted more than anything for him to be effective in the work of the ministry. But in that process of helping Timothy become all that God had created him to be so that he could pass it on to those who were coming behind, he teaches us how to breathe in the Spirit. And so when we look at verse 22b in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, it tells us that we must pursue righteous living. I know that's not popular today. People don't want to hear about righteous living because we want to live how we want to live. But what we want you to know is that the word teaches us that we have got to live right. And living right means living right on purpose and with intentionality. And you do the right thing because it's the right thing. Don't look at your buddy and say, but they don't do the right thing. There's always going to be the infamous they. Uh, we, we don't always know who they are, but we like to say they don't do the right thing. But the word of God teaches us, uh, and may your hearts be convicted this morning, uh, that we've got to be righteous uh, and be a righteous witness of our God. I hope that there's somebody out there this morning who wants to be intentional uh, about living a righteous life. Uh, breathe in the spirit, saints, with love and with faith yeah. and with peace. And can we say it like David, Lord, give us a pure and a clean heart yeah. that we might follow you yeah. in the way that you have designed for us to follow you. Yeah. Breathe in the spirit this morning, church, yeah. in this season where there are protests. And these protests are from coast to coast, yeah. from city to city. And we know for the most part what we have seen has been well planned. It's been well executed and for the most part peaceful. But every now and then, church, there's going to be some agitators, some instigators that are going to show up and attempt to engage you in a manner that's contrary to the word of God. And so we need somebody right about now to breathe in the spirit of the Lord. Because don't you know, people of God, that we are to avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Because what they do is they set you up to get in an argument that causes more strife, causes more division, causes more separation, causes more issues, causes more headaches, and who knows lives also could be lost. But can I tell you, can I tell you, we must understand that there will always be people 
people who will see the world from a different lens. That's just a fact of life. But as followers of Jesus, even in the midst of heightened emotions, even in the midst of frustrations and pain, what we do with our lives still must honor our God. Breathe in the spirit, saints, because those of us who say that we love God, those of us who proclaim that we obey his word must not argue, must not get in frivolous discussions, frivolous arguments, fussing and fighting because it just makes us angry. But instead, our word teaches us we've got to walk through these situations gently. Oh God, I know we don't like to hear that this morning. We've got to walk in these situations circumspectly. What's that mean, Pastor? It means we gotta walk it out cautiously. We have to walk it out carefully. We gotta walk it out correctly and walk the situations of life out with patience while effectively teaching and correcting those who are in opposition to us. What am I saying to you this morning, church? I'm saying that the church is in the position to make a difference and help us to get through some of these situations that are in front of us in a way that would be pleasing and precious to God. What else are you saying, Pastor? I hear you, but I don't know that I really get it. Can I help you this morning? You got to walk this thing out in a thing called humility. Oh, God. I know that's not a popular word today either. People don't want to be humble because they believe it makes you weak. But can I tell you, you ain't seen strength until you've seen humility in action. Oh, God. And people will wonder how you do it. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know what rises up in your thinking. But pastors Brown and Brown, are they acting humble? Who are they? And, 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 and what does it matter to you who they are for real? Because what matters is how are you acting? Are you acting like you should? Are you acting as the word tells us as Christians ought to act Jesus has already given us the example. And so we got to think about how would Jesus handle the situation. And he is our model that we must follow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The situations in life, oh, they can be tough. Yeah. Oh, they can cause you to become so unnerved sometimes. And they will get on your last nerve sometimes. Yeah. They sometimes will cause you to become unhinged sometimes. Yeah. And like Pastor Keith has already said, you wouldn't get, you could get angry. Uh, and get to the place where you get pushed close to the edge. Uh, and I say uh, that ain't nobody said that the road was going to be easy. Yeah. God never promised that it would be sunny every day. Yeah. He wouldn't be, didn't promise us that every day was going to be a day at the park. Yeah. He didn't promise us that it was going to be like a day at the races. Yeah. But he said that he would be with us. Yeah. And that yeah. settles that piece of it. Yeah. Uh, but can I look at verse number 25 in the text um, where it says that the the hope is in that they will breathe in the spirit yeah. and that God will grant them repentance so that they will learn and know the truth. In other words, maybe something when the spirit breathes in you and you breathe the spirit into onto them, that they may come to understand that their hearts have to be turned around yeah. and so yeah. that they will come.
come to know the truth of Jesus Christ. So breathe in the spirit because of the anarchy that we see, the distrust and the rancor and the upheaval. It's just what the enemy wants to see us respond and react to. You see, we got to breathe in the spirit, church, because our adversary, he wants us to become distracted and distant from our Savior. He wants us to lose our religion and our reliance upon God. He wants us to be able to get into our flesh and act a fool. Oh, yes, he does. He wants us to give in and give out of the tenets of the spirit. He wants us to give up and wonder that wonder-working power of the Almighty God. So I know I'm walking it this morning. Somebody got to hear what I'm saying. But can I just tell you, if you just breathe, Breathe in the spirit. Breathe in the spirit. We can do like verse number 26 tells us. The NRB puts it this way. We can help our opposition to come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. How many of you all know that the enemy always sets a trap? He's always ready to see who he can get next. He's always trying to trip somebody up. I don't know. I don't know. Because once he gets you in a snare, that he pulls you captive for as long as he can. But can I ask you all this morning? Think about it. Think about it. Has the devil ever set a trap for you? Have you ever been caught up in his trick? And hallelujah. Have you ever been tried by the devil? Oh, I know. I know. I know he's gotten you a time or two. I believe he's gotten all of us a time or two. Because the devil is always on his job. He never takes a break. Never takes vacation. Oh, he don't even call out sick. He's always doing what it is that he has set his mind to do. Oh, but when we let the breath of God, when we let the breath of God, saints, breathe on our body, we don't have to worry about the traps. Oh, I'm glad about that this morning, Pastor Keith. We don't have to worry about those traps. Let the breath of the Lord, the spirit of the living God, let it just breathe on you. Oh, when we let the breath of God on us, oh, we don't have to worry about those old tricks. Oh, we don't have to worry because the breath of God. Oh, we we can handle our situations and our circumstances. Breathe, my brothers. Breathe, my sisters. Breathe this morning. Oh, God is still working it out. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Somehow, some singers used to say, somehow, somewhere, we believe we're going to make it. Somehow. Or I I know for some people you might say, well, we we, we need a plan and and we need at least a 200-page strategy on what it is that we're going to do, and, and, and maybe so, maybe so. But in the spirit, in the spirit this morning, we're going we're gonna to believe that somehow we have a God who is working yeah. it out. Yes. We believe that somehow, some way, yeah. we have a God who cares about his children. Yeah. Somehow, some way, he's going to make it so we all can breathe. A little bit easier. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can do this, saints of God. We can shake off the devil. We can 
can learn to love one another and we can continue to breathe in the spirit of God. Anybody out there this morning say that's just what I need today. I need the spirit of God to just breathe. Or maybe, maybe, maybe some of you feel like your breath is cut off every time they play the tape. Seeing Mr. Floyd down on the pavement, head to the concrete with another person's knee on his neck. Maybe that cuts off your breath. It's hard. It's hard to watch it. But this morning, we know, we know there's a lot of things that need to be changed and fixed and modified this morning. This morning, we want you to breathe in, breathe in the very breath of God. See if that doesn't help you. Hallelujah. You begin to get your heart right. Get your mind right so that we can fight the good fight of faith in the way that the Lord has already ordained in his mighty and everlasting word.